Welcome back, Cal and listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 38. Cal, I wanted to talk about a topic today that's crossing my mind. It's about mastery. And what I mean is when you look at someone who's top of their field or the best at what they do, they have to have this inherent sense of what makes them so good, whether it's routine or practice or perspective. And I wanted to maybe break the ice and ask, do you have a topic you know you're masterful on or a subject or a skill? What do you think about that? So something I do take pride in, and even though I'm by no means a master, is I feel with my knowledge in the financial markets, investments, and trading in particular. And the reason I say this is because just a few years ago, I literally knew nothing about the financial world. In school, I studied accounting and finance, but I never worked in the field. You can throw tickers at me and I wouldn't know what a ticker was, which company would represent and what a chart looks like and what it actually means and all of that. So the fact that I literally started educating myself day by day, just one thing at a time. You mentioned before, you can learn things online for free, and that's exactly what I did. And just started studying, reading, learning, and actually practicing for quite some time, even with a paper trading account, as you know very well. So paper trading account, just again, a fresher for new listeners, is an account that you can trade with, but using fake money. So you can use the live data of all the markets, stock market or commodities or whatever you're trying to trade. But even though the data is live and real, the money you're using is not. It's just fake numbers so you can understand what you're doing and how it's affecting your profit and loss. How far I have come, even though I have a long way ahead of me, I believe is a sign of commitment. And I feel that if I stay committed enough and practice long enough and stay focused enough that I will eventually at least master a certain strategy or a certain system that works for me that can help me get to where I want to be. You know, the saying practice makes perfect couldn't be more true. Hopefully I'll be on my way. And that's just a personal example of a skill that I can master. What about you? Yeah, I've got two or three examples. So to begin, played street hockey, probably when I was five to 15 or so. And I could hold my own. I remember playing with 19-year-olds at 11. and We just play every day for five hours, rollerblades, a stick. And I got good. I never played ice hockey, couldn't afford it, but good enough where I could score goals. I could make things happen. And you see a clear distinction between someone who plays every day versus someone who drops in once every week or two. And you almost see the defeat in other people where they give up and say, I won't be better. I won't compete. And I think that moment where you lose or you know you're not as good as you could be is that defining factor, knowing you have a path to success. So that is probably part of one of the most important things to mastery, I would say, which is, like you said, commitment, dedication, knowing the path, knowing where to try, knowing where to stay on track and keep going. And without that mentality, without that perspective, I don't think anyone will achieve mastery. And what is the opposite or the contrary? Likely it's mediocrity or coasting through life and being reactionary. It's funny because we all have those moments, even the best of the best. So I would say for myself, it's actually just a feeling of uneasiness and you don't know why. And 
that feeling sits at you, whether you haven't exercised in a while or you're not exercising your mental skills, working on something and not being in the zone, not feeling right. And I think that bleeds into your personal life, career, anything. And I would say knowing where that line is to be working towards something versus not. I think personally, I've conditioned myself to be on and to be on the go. So the results definitely play out long term. Just like in finance, there's a compounding effect with money. I would say the things you do every day have a compounding effect as well for your life. And that compounding effect is very murky and not really known until later. And I guess over time, pick any one who's over-accomplished in their life. We can talk with the typicals like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. Let's use them as an example because they're in the spotlight quite often. People are ready to take them down. People are ready to throw reasons why they got lucky, why they maybe didn't do things the right way. But I think everyone skips over that compounding effect. No one saw what they did. You didn't know Elon Musk slept in his office and showered in a YMCA to build his first company, which was half of PayPal. What are you doing personally to beat the odds and set up your life for the future? So same with Jeff Bezos. He delivered his own packages. He had a unique upbringing. I think he was adopted or something of that nature. And you don't know the adversity of someone. So it's easy for people to criticize and forget and move on. But what are the lessons you can learn from people who achieve greatness and do cool things. Yes, it's a bit debatable about the side you want to take. I'm not going to necessarily push aside on someone in terms of who you like to follow and who you like to tune into. But the overarching theme is there, which is find great people you want to be like, listen to their perspective, YouTube them. I like to do that a lot. I'll YouTube someone and learn how they think, learn why they think. And I promise you that stuff sticks with you. It stays in your head. It is a fuel. It is training your mind. And to me, all of these things set you up to have a better tomorrow and to make the most of it. A couple more examples. I was big into video games in the similar years as hockey, and I get very good. And I don't know if it's like a competitive aspect, but I would say I got good at that. I was into guitar a lot, got good at music. And now I've become enamored with building businesses. And I'm still really early in terms of something meaningful, but that's my jam. That's what I'm spending my time on and investing slash building companies. And I think that is quickly something that when that compound effect manifests itself, there's that sliding scale of, I still got a job that I go to every day, been there a while. And eventually when the scales tip in terms of income or time where my time is better suited to my business or whatever project I'm working on, because the returns are greater, it makes clear sense to do that. Then let's take a step back and see what happens. Number one, I choose what I do with my time. Number two, I have purpose. So isn't it cool how a thought, an idea from a time in the past turns into conviction and what I want to do? People on the outside will see you as the person who works on this project or does this business. And that is the life hack there where if you can squeeze in some time to think about things and to YouTube, to practice, try it. It doesn't have to be a lot every day. It can be half hour a day an hour a day. I think that is slowly going to turn into something. And everything is cross-disciplinary. So if you get smarter in one subject, you can apply it to another. There's countless examples of Elon Musk cross-applying SpaceX rocket technology to cars and vice versa. And that, I think, is an example of a compounding effect. And 
the same with your personal life. If you've had areas you've learned in any discipline, I'm sure it applies, whether it's process on how to do things, whether it's how to keep yourself on track, how to learn new things. And that is, I think, ultimately really powerful. Cal, so we have, I guess, a basic idea of the awareness that one can master something. Do you have any examples of mastery besides maybe the ones we mentioned? Anyone, someone unique that you can share with us? Actually, I just wanted to add as well, you mentioned your story when you were a kid. Same thing with me. I started getting a lot of interest in playing pool. And at the age of 10, anytime I see a pool table, I'll just pick up the cue stick and just start hitting the balls on the table. And then quickly after, within the same year, I had access every now and then to get into the snooker room. And for those who don't know, snooker is the much bigger table, similar to pool, but different rules. The balls are slightly smaller. The cue stick tip is smaller, so it's a bit more difficult. It has stricter rules. But I started playing that at the age of 10. And at the time, the table was not too high for me, but just a bit uncomfortable for me to reach because the table was significantly bigger. So I kept at it. I had a huge interest. And at that age, I thought that one day I can be a professional snooker player. And by the age of 14, I made it to the Bahrain national team. So being able to get to the national team at a young age, I thought, okay, you know what, this is it. And I remember every summer I used to go and play snooker for eight hours a day, every day and spend my entire day there and then go back home and then get up in the morning. And by early afternoon, I'm back at it, doing it all over again. So I'd spend my entire summer every single day there trying to master it. And hopefully one day my goal was to be an international professional snooker player. That ended fairly quickly once I was in my last two years of high school and I was really trying to focus on my education and my grades, which I did very well, but that meant I had to compromise my time playing snooker. And that was a bit unfortunate because I missed out on being able to participate more and hopefully get picked to play on an international scale. And that never happened. To this day, it gets to me a bit because I invest so much time. I was incredibly passionate about it. I had passion towards motorsport, but the reason I didn't pursue it at that age is because of its cost. It's way too expensive for me. But snooker was reasonable. I just paid for the hours to use the table. I had my own cue stick and I just put in the hours. I learned a lot. I watched a lot in a hall and there were those much older players. And I used to watch them whenever I didn't play because either I ran out of money or I didn't have someone who wanted to play with me because I was young. I would just sit and watch for hours on end, not saying a single word, just watch their posture, watch the way they hit the ball. How would they set up the ball one way or the other? And it just shows that I think besides determination, besides the will, besides consistency as well, I think that you need to have some sort of passion. And the passion is what gives you the drive to keep doing it and keep at it. That's the same thing with what you're doing now, John, and with what I'm doing. Knowing you for all these years, you're definitely competitive. And I mean it in every positive manner as a compliment. You're eager. You want to be the best at what you do. And that's natural. That's fantastic. I think that's what really pushes you to excel at what you do and master it. And then people will start paying you for your mastery, for your experience, for your knowledge, and for your skills. So you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it to be the best, regardless of what it is. And I think whichever field you pick, whether it was athletics, whether it was finance, whether it was art, 
regardless of what the skill could be, I think that it really comes down to passion and consistency and being able to put in the focus and effort to master it. Cal, that is amazing. I never knew you were on a national team. Not that I doubted it for a moment. I'm like, oh, it makes sense. But it really goes to show how multi-layered people are and how many different paths we walk on in life. And I think that's a good point about age doesn't matter because we both have examples of being quite young. And love that be a lesson to everyone. Don't let something stop you because someone says you're too young, you're too old. And we've said that before. There's so many YouTube stars at 12 to 20 years old who are producing content and getting paid a ridiculous amount of money. Not that we want to present it as a lottery ticket, but if you take a step back at anyone who's doing what they do, they enjoy it. They make good content. They're adding value to the world and getting paid for it. What's there not to admire about that? That is kind of the dream a lot of people talk about. Instead of saying someone's lucky or the right place at the right time, why don't you focus on what are the opportunities in front of you? Because I promise if you take someone in a less fortunate area in life who have their own struggles that you would not trade keys for keys. For you would not say, I will take that life, whether it's a war-torn country or really not having enough relative to what we have here. If you wouldn't trade places, then step back and say, well, life is amazing. You have so much in front of you. And being able to recognize that opportunity, I think, is step one. So pay attention to what's in front of you. Pay attention to what's possible. And ultimately, it has to come from yourself. You can't be given to you. Back to that idea of passion. I don't think passion can be given. And some might call it an obsession, a madness, a persistence, and that fuel source must come from within. And I think for it to succeed, it has to be something that you really, really want to do. And what I find is people around you, they're not here to fuel your passion. I mean that not in a negative way, but as an observance way. So people will not click in the same way that you click when it comes to a certain topic. And just because someone might be dismissive of it, whether it's a certain investment or a certain goal of yours, you don't have to keep beating them over the head with it and mentioning it all the time, but you can say it and you can work on it. And we've talked about goal setting and keeping yourself on track. But if you don't know what that passion is, I would say go on a discovery process what you might enjoy, what you want to try and do. And that is why I endlessly encourage trying to start a business without a grandiose vision, even something small, because you're learning as you go. And whether it's playing snooker or hockey or anything, there's so much time in life to try things. You do not have to commit to one thing for 40 years. Many, many successful people, I would say, from what I'm learning, have tried more than one thing. And if you haven't, it's almost a shame. You almost become one-sided because from what I've seen is people who are doing quite well in their respective field, but haven't really tried others is they sometimes become narrow-minded and more of a smug attitude as opposed to a learning attitude. And I think that's the distinction between someone who is willing to learn throughout their life versus not. I think back to compounding, back to the excitement for life, I think there's a big, big difference there where you'll end up in terms of fulfillment and happiness and all those kinds of things. By the way, I wanted to say one quick thing. When you said you played for eight hours a day, you don't know how much I remember my days. I would play guitar for eight hours 
coming home from school at like 3.30, 4 till 12 a.m. And that's probably close to that. And I would play hockey right after 4.30 to 10 o'clock at night. And these are exactly those things where if you're not at least playing something or in the space all the time, don't expect results. Don't expect you to notice results and to build skills and all of that. So life can be challenging to fit things in, but that's part of the fun, figuring it all out and making time. I always say time is relative. Time flies faster for some, slower for others. I think it depends on what you're engaged with, how captivated, how important something is. And I think that is partially why you'll find people who can get more done with the same amount of 24 hours. Absolutely. I was just going to say, doesn't time fly when you were playing hockey or playing guitar? Because that's it. I didn't play eight hours because I had to play eight hours. I played because I tried to play it for as long as I could. And it's usually sometime after lunch all the way till evening time until my cousin or my dad or my mom would pick me up. So the snooker hall was a 40 minute drive from where I lived. So it wasn't nearby. I would go with my brother or with my cousin or on my own. And everyone there in the hall would know me because it was the national team's hall. They're all the players there. And I just go play endlessly. And I just spent all that time. The funny thing is, even though in the back of my head, I knew I wanted to be a professional player, I didn't play because I said to myself that I had to practice. I played because I wanted to play. I just wanted to do it as often as I can for as long as I can. And I just enjoyed it way too much. And that's the thing. If you actually find something that you really enjoy, as you mentioned before, those young YouTubers, they might just be doing something they really, really enjoy and they just post it online because they just enjoy it and share it with the world. And 20 million subscribers later, they're doing better than your average middle-class adult. So the key is find what you love and the money follows. It's not even about the money. It's about self-fulfillment, I think. And everything else comes after it. Your sense of achievement, your stress levels drop because you're doing something you enjoy. You're just psychologically and emotionally better off. And everything else actually follows. Your confidence levels go up. You have better use of your time. And it actually, I think, affects your personal life as well. Because you're getting better, because you're enjoying what you do, you just live better in many ways. Yeah, well said. And I just want to wrap up with a point you had discussed about compromise. So eventually you took that dream and you pursued other things. At a younger age, these choices are not always our own. I remember my mom would argue with me about going to school and I had lost that argument short term. But what happens is we negotiate things every day in life. We negotiate our time with ourselves. Are we going to do some housework or errands, Christmas shopping, work on ourselves, do chores? These are the day-to-day stuff everyone has to do. Are we going to spend money on something versus another? And I think getting good at deciding what to do with your time will be a big factor. So once you know what you want to try and do, then you got to find time. Then you got to decide, are you going to pass on the Netflix? What was the stat people watch an average of five or eight hours of TV a day. I think this is a stat from the 90s or 2000s. And I'm sure there's got to be some content consumption that is around there in terms of internet, TV. I love browsing the internet. I'm not going to take that away from myself. But binge watching every day for a year, can you slide in maybe a project or two? 
And I think that is being honest with yourself that way to decide what's important enough to compromise. And compromise is always typically a negative term, but make it a good term. Make it just an understanding of what you're trading at this moment in time. Not forever. You're not committing to this passion project forever. But what am I going to try today in the moment right now? I've got some spare time and see where it goes. So that's what I want everyone to try is come up with something, try something and think about what mastery would look like for yourself. What would you have to do to work on it? And maybe write down some examples you've done in the past, just as a reminder, because I know I've got some great memories thinking of those times that I would have never gone through the mental hard drive and thought about unless we had this conversation. So maybe you can think of something where you were amazing in the past and remind yourself that you are awesome. You can do great things and go out there and make it happen. So with that said, we'll wrap up today's episode. That was Methodical Millions, episode 38. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.